If you're interested in understanding more deeply the nuances, how things aren't black and white. If you're interested in questions without answers. If you like figuring it out for yourself, then you've come to the right place. I'm Sean of Dr. Sean Explains, and I approach things differently because I'm methodical. I'm an engineer. I have some medical knowledge, as I'm a doctor, and hopefully I could put those things together to give us some insight into this delightful world we live in. We're going to talk about the controversy over wearing masks. Seems like it's getting resolved, but the thing is I think some of us knew already a month ago what the right thing was to do. So there's a little bit of difference because I have sort of two settings. I understand what the organizations are saying, but I also was working in the hospital, so I know what you know different organizations were saying regarding people who work in a hospital because they had different recommendations. So first off, starting with some quotes. Seriously, people, stop buying masks. They are not effective in preventing general public from catching coronavirus. But if healthcare providers can't give them the care for sick patients, it puts them and our communities at risk. That was the U.S. Surgeon General. WHO, if you are healthy, you only need to wear a mask if you are taking care of a person with suspected 2019 NCOV infection. Wear a mask if you are coughing or sneezing. Masks are effective only when used in combination with frequent hand cleaning with alcohol-based hand rub or soap and water. If you wear a mask, then you must know how to use it and dispose of it properly. So I don't know if I said this before, let's start out with sort of the obvious cultural difference between the West and the East. It's very common in Asia to see people wearing masks if they're sick. They don't want to transmit it to anybody else. If you're coughing, you better have a mask on. In America, the thought was wearing a mask protects you. Not that so much you don't want to give it to other people. I would say that's a difference probably because one place is more society focused and one place is more individualistic and you could guess which is which. So I think there's two separate issues which we have to talk about. So one is do masks decrease transmission of the virus? As in, can you give it to other people if you're wearing a mask? Or do they decrease the risk you give it to others? And the second is whether they protect you. So let's talk about first how this virus, this novel coronavirus gets transmitted in the first place. We consider a respiratory virus. There's a lot of things that are considered respiratory viruses, like the common cold, the flu, for example. And the main debate over the past few months, which has not been resolved, is whether it can be droplet or aerosol as well. Droplet is, you know, when we're spitting, when they're talking, you know, you just have these little spittle going floating out. They may land on a person in front of you, literally, if you spit when you talk. But yeah, they go, they land on surfaces, people get them by touching stuff. Other thing is aerosol, and that's a lot more dangerous, we think, because it could spread a lot further than just two meters. It could still go way further. It's in the air. The air sort of goes where the air goes. So if it could be aerosolized, it could hide out in the air for hours. And so there have been studies showing that these particles have been found floating in the air. Some of these studies were trying to make them float in the air and see if they continue floating in the air. And some were testing patients who've had it and testing the air in the room. But they're not all saying the same thing, but either way, if you talk about a null hypothesis, it has been disproven that it cannot be aerosolized. It can be, because you just need one study showing it can be. 
Now the next question is, does that actually mean you could get it? And that's a more difficult question. Because it could be floating in the air, but can we get it that way? How well is this virus surviving floating in the air? I think the thing is, we don't know the answer to this question. By the way, it comes out in your poop as well, you know, in China, they test for it in your feces. So the reason why people don't think it's aerosolized, because they think if it were aerosolized, it should be more contagious. And we're not seeing that. But that doesn't actually mean it's not aerosolized and it cannot be transmitted aerosolized. There could be other reasons it's not as contagious that we don't know. The thing is, there's a contradiction in the recommended protection. So in the US commonly, when we talk about droplet protection in the hospital, they just tell you to wear a mask. They don't tell you to wear eye protection. But here for the novel coronavirus, everybody is saying wear eye protection. Huh, right? So I looked into this because I was like, yeah, that's strange because droplets, we don't usually wear eye protection. And I looked through and most US organizations, hospitals, they don't recommend it. In Canada, they do. And see, there's actually a CDC report. It's not put out by the CDP per se. It's people who work at the CDC, which I think actually makes it more valid. Um, but they're talking about this discrepancy that how come droplets, some places they tell you to use eye protection, some places they don't. And there's many studies showing for respiratory viruses that eye protection is helpful. And for example, for measles, which is one of the most contagious diseases we know, you could get it in your conjunctiva, which is here in your eye. So let's go back to this idea of do mass decrease transmission, do they protect you? So do they decrease transmission? The answer is obviously yes. We have a lot of stuff spitting out of our mouth. If they have it, they'll spray it all over the place. Yes, they decrease transmission. And now the US and many places have come around and saying, yes, we recommend you wear a mask. These masks aren't good for necessary outside things coming in, but they're good for you not spraying it out. And the thing is, we know so many people are asymptomatic that this is a real risk. I mean, the estimates are from 20 to 30 to even 60, 70%. So the second thing is, do they protest the person wearing the mask? And I would say the answer is a yes, but it's less obvious. First of all, if you just use some logic, they said, save the mask for the healthcare workers. Like me, I'm a doctor, right? Well, you know, we actually didn't have N95s initially. We just had surgical masks, which other people could get as well. I mean, when I say could get, they're easier to get than N95s, or at least possible N95s are basically impossible. But, you know, some of us didn't think they were sufficient, but they're better than nothing. And the idea is that a surgical mask is better than nothing. I don't think there's any harm in somebody wearing a surgical mask. They may say for N95 mask that, you know, if you don't fit it well, it doesn't work that well. Yes, it doesn't work as indicated. It's not gonna filter out 95% of the particles beyond a certain size, but it does work to a certain extent. And surgical mask, I mean, it's pretty hard to not know how to wear a surgical mask. So actually I happen to have both here. Um, the N95, I did not buy in Singapore. This one, surgical mask, readily available in Singapore. And it depends how much you buy. It's like a little bit less than a buck versus if you buy a quantity of pack of 50, it's like, you know, uh, half a buck each. So surgical masks are pretty simple. You just sort of put a twist in it, put it over your nose, loop it around your ear, pull it down over your chin and you're done. 
you know, it's not that easy to breathe, but compared to you in the US, I'm here in Singapore, I've been wearing it, being outside, it's very humid, 80% humidity in the 80s and 90s, and I've survived. I've actually worn this, the N95, for a long time as well. So the problem with the N95 is there's different sizes and there's different fits. And so this one has a valve. It's really hard to find the ones with the valve. It makes it easier for extended wearing. But the idea is there's also a bend at the top. You bend this little piece of metal and then you have to wrap these things around. And this one actually goes over your neck and this one sort of goes on top of your head like this. And so it's much harder to wear because it's much muggier inside, but I've worn it for a few hours in Singapore. So much harder than in the US. But the idea is that, you know, if these things help people who work in a hospital, they're going to help you who work outside of the hospital. They may be more necessary if you work in a hospital because you have so much exposure, but it doesn't make any sense that they help only people who work in a hospital and magically if you're out of the hospital, they don't help you. They do. I think the lesson to be learned here is that authorities, societies, these guidances, they don't necessarily say things for your own good. They're all political organizations. They're political by the fact that they're sponsored by governments. Um, they're sponsored by people who have interest and they try to you know, do that. It's just sort of human nature that you gotta you know, make the people who fund you happy. They tell you things sort of for their own good, but they have reasons which aren't necessarily for your own good. It's really complicated because we actually don't know why people say things. I've told others in the hospital that it's much easier if specialists just tell me why they're not doing something. Because you know, sometimes they don't think it's wrong to do it. In fact, they think it's the right thing to do it. But there's reasons they're not gonna do it. Money's a big part in the US. Um, you know, whether you're gonna do it or not, well, it depends on whether you get paid for it, right? The second thing is I would think liability is another big reason. I remember having this one case wherein the guy's foot had an infection is basically eating through his foot. So I would say he needs surgery, but I'm just a medicine doctor. I don't do surgery. So I called an orthopedic surgeon and he says, no, 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 just, just, you're doing a good job, continue antibiotics. I call him back, you know, a few days later, I say, hey, you know, his white count's still going up. Things aren't looking well. You know, antibiotics aren't gonna do the trick. He needs to have you go inside and just take all that infection out so his body could actually heal. And he said, no. He said, oh, if you prove it to me that it's an abscess on the MRI, then I'll do it. So I got an MRI, which is a ridiculous waste of resources because he just had one done a few days ago. But he did not have the technical factor called rim enhancement to show it's an abscess. But the radiologist thought he needed surgery as well. So I didn't know what to do. And so I called an old wise doctor, an infectious disease doctor, and said, hey, I'm new here. I don't know what. I mean, he needs surgery, but... I, I don't do surgery and I can't make this surgeon do surgery on him. He said, oh, let me take a look. He's like, yes, he needs surgery. Why don't you call this doctor from the community? So it's a private doctor we called in. So I was sort of newer at the time. I didn't know you could just call whoever you wish, which I now know. And he's like, yeah, he needed surgery last week. Who is this guy who refused surgery? He wanted to write him up. He wanted to report him. But I finally figured out the reasons. This infectious doctor told me, hey, look, Here's the deal. This surgeon you called, I know he's on call. He's supposed to take care of the cases, but he doesn't do feet. He probably hasn't touched a foot in decades. And that's the reality. I think he agrees in his heart of hearts he needs surgery. 
But the problem is, the foot's sort of an important part of your body. If you mess it up, you could get sued. And he hasn't done feet in decades, and so why is... Today's not going to be a day he's going to start doing feet, right? He's just too afraid. And that's the problem with all these societies, you know? I know there's a lot of talk about the WHO, and I'll talk about them a little bit later. But that's the thing is, you know, nowadays we have brains, we have resources available, there's lots of sources, there's lots of bad sources as well. But sometimes when things don't make sense, when authorities are contradicting themselves, you've got to stop and think. Maybe what they're saying is not right. Anyways, what I'd say is, yes, wear a mask. In fact, wear a mask to protect other people. Probably doesn't matter as much what mask you wear. But if you're talking about protecting yourself, wear the best mask you could find. Yeah, there's an issue with not knowing how to put on an N95 or these other respirator types. But you can look it up online and figure out how to do it. It's so easy. So in conclusion, this wearing mask controversy, I think it's sort of about settled, but the idea is wear a mask.